0: The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for
1: salvation.
0: salvation. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 27 of the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. I am Max Bernstein.
2: I'm Randall Slate.
0: And we have a really great episode for you guys today. uh, All the way from uh, the great State of Wisconsin. We have Mr. Sam Lenz to talk about uh, some painting tips. We'll get to that in a minute. Interview with Sam Lenz. Uh, let's see. Um, we did want to talk really quickly about um, some events that have been happening. Of course, the events are not happening in the stores on the tabletops uh, because we just don't have that ability, but they are, they are occurring in cyberspace, they are curbing in in a virtual environment. Uh, so we wanted to mention that there was this vassal tournament uh that had happened uh a couple of weeks ago now. Um but I just wanted to say uh you know kind of how it went and 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 how I did and, and and the experience because we're trying to get more people to get involved in those. They're really the only way that we can we can play right now. Um so we're not gonna get too much into the the meta. We're not gonna get into um in, into that because you can just go to uh path to glory you can just go to uh not hexes and warbands it's on i think it's on well of power if yeah. you guys go there and check out what amon and jd and, and jimmy malini did uh for that uh you know just collecting data on the on the tournament and kind of like analyzing it you should really go and check out their stuff uh so make sure you do that um but i just wanted to really quickly talk about how it went for me um so i i got to play four games it was it was we started at like 10 o'clock in the morning like you would probably do in a normal tournament four rounds there were 30 players in this tournament and man this is just this list of players is just murderer's row i'm gonna go down just mention a few people Amon played
2: yeah, it was more of a celebrity golf tournament than, uh, than... <laughs> kind
0: of, yeah, because uh, there was a lot of lot of great players there, uh, but uh, not necessarily playing stuff on meta, um, but uh, but but still lots of great pilots here. You know, Amon was there, uh, Derek, who's been on the show, Duncan Bills, who eventually won, uh, was uh, doing that. Uh, Gerard the Professor, who you guys all know and love. Uh, we had Jason Murray from Battle Mallet. We had Jimmy Molini, who uh, we'll get him on the show eventually. Um, we got Jonathan Davis uh, from Path to Glory as well. Uh, let's see, we have uh, this guy Christoph that I play. He goes as I think he goes under the name Diablorist or something like that. I've played him several times. He's amazing. Really tough, uh, tough match. Matthew Martin was there from uh, from the Crit Def crew. Um, we had uh, Nero from uh, Miniature Fight Club. Uh, we had this guy, uh, Nicolo, who I played later on. I'll tell you about that game. Man, that was a nail-biter. Um, let's see. We had uh, Sean Matson. We had Tom Bond, who was on last time. And uh, we had, let's see, Victor Safransky, who uh, finished top eight at Nova last year. Um, and, and Zach Newcomb, who's a, who's a player down in Atlanta as well, uh, did really well. Um, so, yeah. So I uh, just wanted to say how it went for me. Um, I brought Thundrix. Um, I've been playing a lot of Thundrix lately. Randall, you, yeah, you told were me smacking for...
2: me with those guys before the yeah. The quarantine hey,
0: well, yeah, well, you told me it's like you're like, hey, you would really like these guys because they're you know they're shooty, and uh, and you're right. Um, I do actually really enjoy them. Um, and uh, you guys can go on uh, Underworld's DB. The decks up there. It's the only Thundrix one from the event. Um, well, at the, time,
2: in... at, the, at the time, bef- you know, before these two new releases came out, I, I suggested that to you because you were just kind of like, I'm kind of upset that, you know, like Objectives is kind of in such a high place at the meta right now because I don't really want to play that. You know, I'm not really a big fan of Grimwatch. So I said, why don't you play Thundrix? Because at the time I thought they were kind of the best aggro faction in the game. But you know, especially a lot of
0: when it comes to like, you know, dealing two damage to like a little Crypt Ghoul or something like that and blowing them off the uh, off an objective. What's funny, actually, the the irony, of course, is that my Thundrix deck has uh, some objective play in it. Yeah. <laughs> so it actually really matters to me because I have temporary victory in there. I have uh, bold conquest in there. I have supremacy in there. um I have. Well, That's the way uh,
2: the game is designed. Yeah. You have to get I a know, lot of points and they and that's the one way to do it to, yeah they made the yeah i'm rocking you have to be on I'm, the objective to do it so right
0: i'm rocking jealous defense you know uh that kind of stuff uh but if you guys want to go and take a look at, at, at my deck um it does work really well um you just have to the, the trick to it is you have to know when to set up uh, aggressively and when to set up uh non-aggressively or, or to like kind of sit back you have to kind of read the the opponent a little bit and that takes a little bit of time i i wasn't as good with them when i started off but after after experiencing a bunch of games against particular factions i'm like oh i gotta run in there like for instance uh and i'll talk about oh, i'll talk about it all right let's look game one let's just get, get game one game one was uh was against miro uh, for Miniature Fight Club, we got to talk about how he does it. Apparently, it takes like a lot of man hours to do that. Yeah, and that is
2: a, re- yeah. a ridiculous production. The bat so reps good. that
0: they do are so good. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so we talked a little bit. He was playing uh, uh, It, You know, it's a little it's a little long ago for me. I don't really remember what happened. All I do know is that it went two games and I remember his dice were not that great. So it was a little bit easy for me to to kinda kinda mow through him. Just I was landing basically everything. So you know with with man trappers, if you you know, Frothcorn goes down early, it's gonna be it's gonna be trouble. Um and that's basically what happened. Um next round. Uh so but but Miro, thanks for the game man. It was great. Uh next round uh, I played this guy uh Kyler um and he brought um condemners which i don't ever play against it's just not a faction i think i may have played one game against condemners once
2: well we had our friend michael Standard yeah michael stanna Con- he condemn right that but was really i was playing, the only uh exposure we got to that matchup for i think for right. both of us <laughs>
0: and i was playing like wild hunt it was like the time when yeah. i we were getting ready for the wild hunt episode um so it's like i didn't really know what to do with them Um, but the thing is is that i i just tried to leverage uh the cleave that i had with uh with lund and fundrick and just try to keep them safe and i tried to keep them out of one shot range um i had a couple really key uh crit defenses in that one matt martin and the the boys down there would be proud um so i ended up winning that one 2-0 as well but those were very low scoring games um i remember they were like I don't know. Like I, I would win like 10 to eight or something mm-hmm. like that. They were, they were kind of low scoring. All right. Third round. Third round. I'm playing Sean Um I deserve what I got.
2: This is the salty round.
0: This is the salt round. Yeah. Which is like, it's like little salt bay came at the end of the game and just, drizzled some salt on me with that little like bent elbow thing. <laughs> so do you guys all remember last episode when I was just shitting all over worm spat for the <laughs> entire episode about that? Mm-hmm. Um, They must have listened to the Sean must've listened to that episode and go like, yeah, but they're actually good. And then he proceeded to win two games in a row against me. And I feel bad uh, in my defense. They were close games, and sure. I think in, I think they were. Sure, they were. sure, sure, dude. I think in the first game also, he had
2: you the, whole um, time. the worms or too good.
0: Well, the thing is, is that I assumed because I'm an idiot that that people would play them the way that I suggested to play them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Pride cometh before the fall, I hear. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, in the first game, I won the boards. I think anyway, I had him like I had him set up diagonal and um, and I assumed he was going to come at me. So I kind of stayed back for a while thinking that he was going to try to do that, you know, trying to score my temporary victory or whatever. No, I think he did it. No, he did it. He must have done it because I had the objectives. So so he must have set it up diagonal and I thought he was going to come at me um, and he was just trying to make it hard for me to come at him. Um, But he didn't. He just sat back um and he talks about it on on the path to glory episode so if you guys want to hear how he was playing that deck he's clearly understands the the faction better than i do um although i do remember that there was this one time at the end of the first game i was really trying to not show him what i had in my in my deck because i was up for most of the game and then at the very end of the game he was sitting on or near an objective i think he was sitting like near an objective and if i had scored um warning shot I would have scored that plus like sound finances, plus like something else. And like, I definitely would have run away with the game. So I, I had Thundrick who has cleave against Gulat or sepsimus. I forget who it was. It was one of those guys. Uh, yeah, I think eh, it it, it might've been facula Mm -hmm. anyway. So I'm shooting against, I'm shooting against them and I'm like, well, I need warning shots. So I want to, and I have archers focus. So I'm, I'm, so I shoot, I get a crit and like a support, so what I said was I'm going to re-roll the crit because, again, I'm trying to get a warning shot to go off. So I re-rolled the crit off of the crit, and I got a hammer. And then the hammer goes through the because the, it has cleave. It's Thundrick, so it has cleave. And it goes through, and I ended up not scoring it, not scoring sign finances. He hops back onto the objective and scores like Cryptic Companion and like five other things. And so we ended up winning. Um, so,
2: so what you're saying is that warning shot is s- such an accuracy improvement that you literally can't. I can't. You can't even miss with it. I can't it, uh, try it to miss. Re-rolling. with yeah. It.
0: Oh yeah, no. But we all knew this, so it's like I, I get what I deserve for that one. Um, anyway, but Sean's a great player. He he played the worm spat to perfection. Um, well, not sorry, not the perfection because he he didn't win the whole thing. But he did very well against me. He played it to perfection. Um, all right, so so I'm out of it. That's okay. I still want to make a good showing because, you know, I have a reputation to uphold. And um, yeah, yeah, no, I guess not, right? No <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. No, no, I guess not. It's it's gone. Um anyway, so I end up playing this guy. Anicolo, uh Niccolo, who's this Italian player, so good. This guy's so good. Comes in with Grimwatch, so I'm already in trouble. Uh oh. Yeah toasted me in the first game absolutely yep. toasted me Did he have first game god hand god hand god okay. Hand. okay yeah toasted me but the other thing is is that like i chose the um he, I, I chose the objectives in the first one because i wanted him to have to come at me mm-hmm. and so i can shoot at him and then of course i can stand on stuff and try to supremacy and path to glory and whatever it is path to victory rather um so i so i kept the um the objectives um he ended up crushing me like he just everybody got inspired you just like killed everybody it was over it was no fun like that's the <laughs> kind of game it was it was like a typical Grimwatch. you got Grimwatched. Allowing you, yeah you got Grimwatched, right so what i did was in the next two games i won the board roll off all three times i think all right so what i had to do then in the second game was i i, I realized that a bad idea would be to sit back and let him inspire because his guys are just going to be too, uh, you know, overpowered at that point. You know, they get they get so much better when they're inspired. So instead, I I won the board roll off and I said, I'll take boards and I set up much more aggressively. And I ended up just going in and just plinking away at all of his guys. Yeah. Um, and 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 it, and it worked out. It was a it was a much closer game. I did win, but it was a much closer game. And in the third round, uh, the third match, uh, game of the match, I also won the board Board roll-offs, did the same thing, played much more aggressively. They were really, really tight games, those last two. Um, and uh, I, 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 I'm actually really, like, uh, proud of myself because, like, he, he was so imposing that first game. Niccolo, he played so good scored like literally everything and i it was like it you know it just it was very frustrating to play against and i had to just like steal myself for for just like the long haul and i just i just said you know what i'm gonna go for it and i did and i'm glad it worked out um so i ended up uh, coming in three and one in that one i came in seventh overall um let's see who else who which podcasters were above me hmm oh none um, of them that's great Somebody
2: had to be higher than than you
0: none of none of the podcasters oh. um and but none they were of the all talking trash creators though.
2: were they were they <laughs> no
0: uh let's see nope nope uh i'm definitely nope i'm the highest okay, okay. that's cool all right well at least um, we've
2: established that
0: <laughs> i just want to make sure that we all have established that um i do want to give it up to uh I I do want to give it to Sean though, because he did so well. He beat me, and for some reason, the way that the the you know the placings go, he ended up in eighth place. But he didn't deserve that. He was like again, he was like in the semifinals. He should have been like either third or fourth. Um, But uh, I want to say give up, give it up to Zach Newcomb, who also took Wormspat to the semis and ended up in third place. And then of course uh, Derek, who's you know like he's my Canadian buddy. Like that's my that's my that's my my Hoja friend. Um Derek, love you. Uh he came in second with his tome man trappers, and you can again you can go on Path to Glory and uh, he talks all about it. Representing course, Canada well. Oh yes. And then of course uh Duncan Bills, who took the entire thing with a just a super aggressive um Hrothgorn that he played to perfection. I watched those games. Um amazing. Uh just just absolute
2: so let's just talk just, about... He was,
0: he was scoring like 20, 30 glory like per game. Yeah, let's like just nuts.
2: real quick talk about when we did our analysis of, of uh, Man Trappers. we were talking about the different types of decks, right? Mm-hmm. And we said, well, you can either go full aggro, you can go a little bit passive scoring, or you can go for the objective destruction style.
0: I, and, I, I side note mentioned tomes, just yeah. throwing that out there. And then
2: so, But it turns out that you have to run a deck where you just combine all three of those aspects together.
0: Oh, yeah. And no, you have to go, like, full Wonder Twins. Then you win. Yeah. So you go, uh, yeah, you know, you throw in aggro stuff, objective destruction stuff, and card drawing stuff all together, and um, and it's, it's really good. Yep. And you guys can take a look at all those decks for all of those uh, factions that are up there. Um, just check them out. They're on UnderworldsDB.com. Um, and also everybody, if you are on Vassal, go and tell Shuby, y'all know who he is. Go and tell Shuby, uh, that you want to play in the next Vassal tournament. The next one is going to be on May 23rd. It's going to start at 9 a.m. Eastern daylight time. So if you're on the East coast of the United States, it's 9 a.m. there. Uh, so if you're in Europe, you're probably going to start like around the early afternoon. If you're on the West coast, you might have to wake up a little early. Um, but yeah, uh, get in touch with him. He thought he was going to open it for 32 players. He thought it was going to not going to It's gonna be hard, tough to like fill it up, he Filled it up in five hours. So now he's thinking about maybe expanding it to 64. Um, and I hope he does. All right. So and anyway, involved. so that's what's been going. Yeah, that's what guys look, this is how you play competitively. I mean, and the this other is thing how we is played, that do this now. Yeah, and if you want to play against, like, people from literally around the world, and a lot of them are really accomplished pilots, and you get a chance to play against them, this is where you're going to do it.
2: All right, so coming up, we have a very special, different kind of interview than what we normally do. Ah, uh, yes. I think. And, uh, and that is because we have our special friend who we see at conventions from time to time, Sam Lenz, coming on here, to t- who is a professional painter. and we thought that you know despite the fact that we have this this big tournament and then another one coming up that a lot of us would just be stuck at home painting a lot with not much to do so we wanted to give you a different perspective on from somebody who is experienced with painting underworlds specifically yep so we have i mean he's painted
0: He's painted competitively. He's painted giant dioramas. He's done 40k AOS stuff. I saw he was like doing. He was working on a, like a Blackstone Fortress minifig uh, mm-hmm. when we were when we were uh, you know talking to him. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's put up some really impressive looking Underworlds models. Um, we'll be we'll be linking you in the show notes. So when you're ready to when we mention something, just go and click on those links, and you can see what he's talking about. Uh, beautiful work absolutely beautiful work and and we know this it's sam lens he's like he's not like he's it, it, you, you'll you'll hear uh what he's got under his belt here as far as uh you know just accomplishments and, and all that stuff with us today painter extraordinaire and college boyfriend or probably every girl i ever went to summer camp with sam (laughs) lens
1: wait which side of that do i I fall on am i a college girlfriend (laughs) or a summer camp boyfriend
0: uh i think you're uh, the college boyfriend of the girls that i had gone to summer camp with so like later on they met you
1: nice this makes me like the i feel like the preppy one I'll I'll take take it. it. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So we're cool with that.
0: It worked. Solid. Um, Excellent. So we typically start uh, whenever we have a, a guest on the show, we typically start with biography questions, but it's a little odd having you on because you're really an expert at the painting side of the hobby um so we've uh we've, we've tweaked everything a little bit um they're a lot of the same questions but just with the word painting instead of gaming in there so uh the first one is like why did you get into painting in the first place
1: hmm um that's a good question um it was it was just like kind of fed to me at an early age i guess just the whole kind of enjoyment of uh models and small figures you know in the form of like Model airplanes and cars and stuff. That's kind of where uh things started. My uh like dad giving us kits and remember uh casting up some knights as well. Yeah, these little like like orange rubber uh molds and we melt down like fishing lures and cast those up. But <laughs> I don't know. I've always had that like artistic uh seed planted in me for whatever reason. That's just what I was motivated to do. I don't know, personality type thing, but I've I've been doing, you know, painting and drawing like my my whole life. I just always, I guess, I never grew up. I just stuck with it and stayed like a some kind of six year old for the rest of my life or something. Yeah, most I think of that us go true. from most yeah. of us
2: go from painting li- and and drawing little doodles to making spreadsheets and. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. But I guess that never that never you never made the transition to that filling no, out insurance forms. Yeah, yeah, to uh, <laughs> taxes for me.
0: I, right. uh, yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, I, I I feel as though you're you're talking to a group full of people who are like that because we're all playing tabletop games as well, you know, just, and 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 painting as as well, you know. So I think that that's uh that's cool. I think that we have a, a community of people who who uh, still enjoy the the fun part of life. Um, so that's great. Um, so yeah. so where do you where do you paint? What's the scene like there? The scene,
1: I well, I um.
0: Or, I, live, a scene I live in like? Wisconsin
1: and in, in Appleton, sure. and the scene is pretty much uh, me. And then I used to paint with my friend Tom Ailes, who won a Slayer sword. But uh, I mean, there are like painters and gamers around here. I guess there had been a league growing um, before the coronavirus mm. kicked in, but no, it's it's not like a. I don't live in a big place, so this this. Niche thing within the niche hobby is not very popular. You know, people don't. I'm, I'm sure they're like kind of proud of me in a way, but yeah, this is not much of a scene. I just uh, paint here by myself.
2: But don't you live kind of oh. near where Davy is? The the oh from what no, the heck Noble yeah. Noble Night Games is that the store you?
1: Oh, that's in uh in Madison. That's like two hours away. From oh, two me.
2: hours away. All right, okay. I was yeah,
1: I was working on uh, setting up a class there, but then
2: right, right. Boosh. So you're in the satellite area of the what the hex podcast it's called.
1: Oh, cool. I'll have to check it out. I'm always looking for podcasts in my yeah. many solitary hours of painting and et cetera.
2: So yeah, he's pretty good.
0: He is. Um, so, okay. So what's your uh, favorite underworlds or you can give us an age of Sigmar faction. What's your favorite uh, underworlds or Sigmar faction to paint and why?
1: Oh man! So having a stormcast army, you'd think that's the the obvious answer, but things just kind of wound up that way. I would go with orcs or aurochs. I've I've always been a big fan. That was the first army I played. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that new um what are they called? Uh, like the
2: oh the orc brutes, the brutes or
1: whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just slipped my mind, but uh, yeah, I like that new Brutes Warband that's just like three models,
0: yeah, yep, They're coming out whenever they decide to release them. I can't wait. Um, cool, yeah, All right, yeah. So- definitely
1: gonna... and also the new Gazgull.
2: Oh, you didn't get him, <laughs> not
1: Worlds, but yeah, I've I just have to paint that for for history,
2: right? It's the new Gazgull, yeah, yeah Gazgull? exactly. Now, I have kind of a side question. Uh you you said you had the the full stormcast eternal army or at least most of yeah. it right now yep. when when you think about for me at least when i thought about stormcast eternals and you know obviously i made the comparison to space marines and i'm kind of like i don't really like playing space marines they're they're kind of boring painting space marines they're kind of boring um but then i started painting them and they are they're actually like really fun to paint the stormcast eternals do you want to talk about like What kind of appeals appeals to you about them?
1: Yeah, a lot of people. um, Generally, I think the the Stormcast have like a bad rep. Maybe it's because of the poster child for the game, but a lot of people don't like the helmets. Uh, That's kind of some of the feedback. They look a little plain, but I like it because it's just like the Space Marine. It's a very basic form. Um, It's had this really, you know, pretty simplistic suit of armor at the core of it, and just kind of switching the paint job around or swapping the the heads and helmets off um i i like what i what i've come up with i don't really prefer the the studio scheme the hammers of sigmar that you see but i made mine more like dark and brooding and then you know the accent color being like green instead of the blue um but yeah they're and, you know, just like the Space I Marine, like, it's just kind of a breakdown of very simple geometric shapes and something easy and very large for um, new painters, you know, which is why they probably push it forward. Right. Like they do.
2: And you've done a couple conversions on them, too. You d- you've used some head swaps. What, what you, You've used, uh, uh, you see this female one, uh, your, oh, female, uh... your female um, wizard storm cast here.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was just a head swap from a different Stormcast kit.
2: Oh, this but is on, like from to, the Stormcast, uh, okay.
1: I I got a lot of for like some of the other characters because I didn't ha- I don't have a bunch of like female heads, but I do have a bunch of space wolf heads. Man, that hair adds a lot of attitude, right? Right. To those models, you know, suddenly the the guy's like screaming and his braids are whipping in the wind and adds some momentum to the to the sculpt and all that jazz.
2: And those are the space wolf Terminator heads, right?
1: Some of those, and yeah, some of the um, the wolf gray hunter,
2: yeah, yeah, that yeah that nice, nice, cool. All
0: right, Sam. So, uh, time to flex. Uh, we know that you are a competitive painter, and uh, we're curious to know how many painting competitions you've won. Usually, when we uh have people on, we ask them like how many like glass trophies they have, so we know like how into the com- competitive scene they are but uh but you, obviously Dude, it's a different i love
1: here hey I, I i listen to you guys this podcast if if people listening don't know that and yeah the like how many glasses have you earned it's like this kind of blood right or something come on flex you, you have to cut yourself with the first trophy
0: Uh um,
1: so i definitely have I have more it. trophies than any of those people have won
0: yeah this
1: is that good and probably uh, that yeah. like three or four
0: I don't okay.
1: know. I, I don't stop and count them, but it's like over fifty. Jeez, I don't know. I have like twenty-two crystal brushes. If that, I don't know. I, I have good? a bunch of random plaques and ribbons. And
0: Randall, is that good?
2: Yeah. Well, you were talking about you were talking about the Slayer Sword earlier. That means the that's that you win the the grand prize at Golden Demon, which is Games Workshops. Yeah. Um, Bring up one the one that I don't really have. have, right? Right. Well, you're talking you about your me. your your friend that you <laughs> used to paint with, Come on, Randall.
1: yeah, yeah, buddy. Uh, Tom Iles, he won the last um U.S. Slayer sword, right? That was in what 2013. And then, and then Crystal <laughs> Brush, should be back this year, but uh, yeah, Crystal Brush kind of came in at the right time
2: and was happening at Adepticon, and that's Adepticon, yeah, which is yeah. which is unfortunately not happening this year, yeah, it'll well, be, back, or didn't it didn't happen a lot, yeah. of stuff.
0: So, uh, so Sam, we usually ask people, uh, when you did win something, what faction did you win them with? But we can't ask that. So instead, uh, if you can pick a couple of your like major competition wins and tell us like the pieces that you, that you painted to win them.
1: So if I'm a, this is great. Cause if I choose a faction, I just say myself, it was all me doing all of, all of the work, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> creating like,
0: everything.
1: I, the model? To me, though, I uh, I think my my favorite piece was this diorama that I made called dimensional bleed through. Um, I just recently photographed it and put it up. So when, if people happen to go check uh, whatever uh, social media websites, they'll see images of that, but it's the most time intensive yeah. thing I've done. And, you know, as a result, the most rewarding, create a little scene and hit all of these things in there and just did a lot of scratch building and, sculpting and just man i put like over 100 hours into that thing
2: yeah i have um, the picture up here this is this is kind of like a sort of like this this great unclean one with this cleaver thing
0: oh it's like yeah a this nurgle demon and it. then
2: yeah there's a like a and everything's hero like over here
1: customized. so that demon a lot of people have asked it's from this company that um called troll forge but they they're um not they don't exist anymore, so that model's out of print. So
0: holy shit, this thing!
1: But uh, so like I added the tiny little brain and its open cranium. The weapon that you that was a staff, so I sculpted the the meat cleaver with a demonic eyeball on it. I added the nipple piercing.
2: Oh, nice leave No nice idea touch. unexplored
1: oh, nice. when, you're, when you're really trying to uh, you know create something.
0: See, we're used to Nurgle's only having a prolapsed rectum. Um, but the, you know, it's coming off the
1: the front and the back and
0: crushed brain and and nipple piercing and, uh, it's beautiful. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this thing.
2: And then a lot of sides to Nurgle. Right. And then you also did this little, uh, I guess that's plastic card backdrop on the, on it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And that's something you've been developing over a while, right? I've, I've seen you do that recently too. And then this, you said this was, uh, from a couple of years ago, this one
1: yeah yeah it's fun to add a painted backdrop into a piece it's just another um kind of a tool or function to work with you know you're setting a you know you're allowed to play with more color theory and kind of create a whole scene and play with the dimension and distance and everything i I like the idea of like combining the three-dimensional piece with a two-dimensional and you know, right. kind of mimicking some of those objects oh, and both of those forms as well.
0: How long did this take you?
1: I wrote it all down, but then I didn't add it up in the end because it didn't place at the Crystal Brush. So it's like ah, probably better not to know. So I I took it to the Nova Open then and won Best in Show, so I got a little redemption. But it was a hours, man.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm asking. It, yeah, I mean, it is
1: like I filled up like a it's a piece. A pain it's not a notebook, I would just record all my times and. Right? Yeah.
0: Is Sounds that like curious. real that's like real dirt down there?
1: Yep. Yep. The dirt is just okay. dirt, man. You just dig it out of the earth. Mother yeah. nature provides.
0: All right. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more later, I think. So I don't wanna I don't wanna step yeah. on that. This is gorgeous. Uh we'll link uh we'll link in the show notes to this um so Thanks, that people man. can see what yeah. we're talking about. Isn't it
1: great on podcasts when people talk about painting?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta have, have a gallery
2: going, man.
1: So trust right. me, when if you're listening to this, it's just like the best thing you've ever seen. Yeah,
2: okay, don't you don't need to look <laughs> at right. it. Just take just that's take the, his
1: word for it. Model and that's the one. Exactly.
0: Um, okay, yeah. so before before we move on, just let's let's plug your stuff so that people can see it. <laughs> so you have a you have a you have a Twitch.tv Samson Arts, right? That's you. Yep. Yep. Um, you do tabletop minions on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I do you the uh, the painting with the pro series. I Maybe mean, I'm in a few of his other videos, but yeah, that's. Uh
0: got a, almost 30
1: tutorials on there now
0: yeah i've i've definitely watched some of your stuff in the past and so it's actually kind of cool to have you like you know on the, on the program right now um yeah. you also have a merch page called big cartel
1: yeah yeah All right. uh, big cartel slash
0: uh someone's artwork and uh and you just opened up a patreon page
1: i did man and it is off of the bang it's crazy but that's right. also just under sam
0: Lins artwork Sure. So we have patreon.com slash Sam Artwork. All right. Sounds good.
2: Now you cool. have you do uh you do a little podcasting yourself, do you? Oh yes.
1: I am uh, a fan of the of the medium. It has nothing to do with uh miniatures or anything. I just read one star reviews to my friend about everything. We did Renaissance Fairs last time. It's called <laughs> This Review in Review. And uh, we got a hot episode coming about funeral homes. A lot of laughs.
2: Oh, <laughs> Don't oh, oh, oh laugh. one
1: yeah. star but, funeral home. H- seriously. Um, one of the reviews, it's a short and sweet one. It was just all exclamation or all capitals. And it's like, you like throwing cones and yelling at people. <laughs> yeah, And then there are other, in other reviews, you hear that this funeral director has a temper and yells at people. And Yeah. <laughs> Any anyway, yeah, As so well. check Is it, it, it out, man. For sure I just...
0: Sorry for your loss. <laughs> yeah,
1: man. man, I uh I, I'm a fan of podcasts because I'm here fucking alone painting all the time. So uh, I just want to contribute to it. It's a little pet project. I don't expect much from it, but to add a little laughter in these trying times. Sure.
2: Now when you're when you're sitting there painting, you prefer podcasts over let's say netflix or something like that
1: yeah generally an audio media like the I audio look, only yeah
2: okay i
1: want to look at the net unless it's something i've already seen but right generally it's i like to listen to something infotainment based you know so like um hardcore history or last podcast on the left you know like kind of uh paranormal cult stuff and of course history you guys you know i listen to a lot of gaming podcasts too
0: us guys you um, hear that everybody yeah sam Lynn's
1: oh yeah to sam i've listened to you guys while i'm lifting weights before Ooh.
2: i don't know how to i just want to hear it yeah i was
1: like just giving you a moment well to you respond. need to get
2: you need to get that pump going <laughs> oh yeah, yeah man nothing gets to... To
1: get that pump like that that song <laughs> gets me all warmed up yeah yeah
2: Yeah.
1: No, no, that's a workout banger
0: uh, that song rules. You
1: guys like you don't know the that automatically just puts you one podcast point ahead of like if if there's a, a chart for switches you're trying to hit, having a, a solid intro like that. You know, I told you at the Nova Open, and it was like it was one of your dudes, uh, um, your brother, Max That's my brother, brother, yeah, yeah, yeah who doesn't know. That. You know, it is that he's singing. No, song. he had no
0: idea when I told him to do yeah. it. He had no idea what it was for. <laughs> it's
1: so good. I yeah. just,
0: I just gave him a title and I said, I need a 40 second song called battle for salvation. Go ahead. And that's Nailed what he it. came up with. Yep. It totally worked.
1: It's yeah, it works.
0: I appreciate <laughs> that, man. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad to have you, have you as a listener. I I mean, I've been, again, I've been watching your YouTube stuff. So I mean, I, I compliments feel like to the end mutual. Yeah, sure. All right. So let's, let's talk Underworlds though. Um, So you've, and you've painted a few really beautiful Underworlds models. Um, Tell us like, how are the Underworlds models? Like, how do you, what draws you to those in particular? Like what is it about Underworlds models that maybe sets them apart from some of the other stuff that you've painted?
1: Well, I like that. It's an all inclusive. It's just this very affordable box. It's a good way to collect all the different armies. They usually put a little more, um, you know, kind of art into the, into the sculpts. You get monopose models, but they're always doing something unique or it's, you know, a different character you can add to your Age of Sigmar army. They all come with, um, ba- you know, scenic bases, kind of forcing mm. people to think about the theme. And, you know, I like the basing element. It's every model's a cinematic moment. And so I just I appreciate that they put all the different you know settings in there and stuff.
0: Um, I I like the way you put that like it's cinematic moment. I I feel like yeah. like the 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 models that I've been the most drawn to as far as like like when I say oh that's a beautiful like model are like the ones where something like something more dynamic is happening. Like the scathe model is like amazing, which is like kind of like that centaur guy from the from the wild hunt. Yeah, and, was, they yeah. have
1: a lot of cool motion to them. Yeah, I was thinking about the. The uh the, the archer that's like leaping over the tree,
0: yeah, right. That they're really beautiful models in, in that group. Um, what's and another the, one that that um we were talking about? Uh, well, we were on, just th- we, I was, oh the, gonna... the, Ripas, the 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 rippers like the the wolf riders.
1: Oh man, yeah. They why is there not a box of goblin wolf riders that looks like that? I don't know. It's so good.
0: It puts so, so yeah, much It's, into, it's like, cool much seeing it. Yeah. it
1: kind of reheats a range you know like look at the the Ogre Maw Tribes release as a whole but at least you get this you know you get like a new uh, general model and then you get this Hunter through the Spire box Hunter uh, Worlds fuck um, yeah, it's okay yeah, we're yeah. confused Underworld. we're confused about it too we
0: don't, we don't even know
2: yeah you can call it Shadespire everybody knows what you're so
1: talking it's, about yeah, exactly. it's a cool way for them to take you know keep their ranges spicy and stuff but you know, also, I feel it's pretty necessary to convert the models every time because and that's kind of a f- part of the fun is everyone has the same box set. If you're playing that army, uh, you've got that same set of models. So what are you going to do to them to, like, set them apart if yeah. that's what you're after? You could spray well, paint them solid gold if you want.
0: Right. Well, I mean, if you're Max Bernstein, then you will paint them to resemble 80s cartoon characters. Real
1: jokester. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like a little that's comedy in we...
1: miniature painting.
0: I'm I'm uh He Man uh Ogre. That's all I gotta say.
1: Salad Salad He
0: Man Ogre Battle Cat. I've I seen got it. it. It's it's, I'm it's, I'm it, it's it is what it is.
1: <laughs>
0: Flintstones God swarm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's having fun though. You didn't,
0: you didn't do Ninja
1: Turtles for any of these. I have Did not done do, Ninja
0: uh, Turtles yet.
1: A lot of people, yeah, for the Skaven and for the Orcs. They went on yeah destroyer. well
0: for the for the orcs i did kiss
1: they're all the kiss like is kiss. so good they're, they're, i don't know if you from, from, from the
0: destroyer cover
1: yeah I like i even
0: got like some i got some like black um like pom-poms for the hair and i like that, that's like the only conversion i've ever done
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> so good googly eyes glitter.
0: no but i did the face yeah. paint to match the destroyer <laughs> cover so it's it's pretty good and then, um, who, what did I do with my Skaven? Oh, my Skaven are, uh, Star Trek, like original oh, series yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> oh, so, man. So, uh, so I have, I have Dr. Scritch, um, Captain Kirk, which <laughs> kind of makes sense. And then, um, and then the, uh, and then the other ones, because like, they're the ones that like die and keep coming back. So they're all red shirts.
1: Yep. Oh, man. Yep. Stylish.
0: Uh, I just, that's how I do it.
1: when I did the, um the black orcs or whatever they are. The hard, the art boys. Yep. I gave them yellow skin and gave them all like beards and some of them long hair.
0: Right. The beards. That was really cool. We'll, we'll link to that too, because we have, we have that somewhere. uh, And we'll link you, uh, everybody to that. The, the, the beards on those are pretty cool.
1: Yeah. They're like
0: coming out from like under like the little thing on what's his name's like chin guard.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It just makes it so much more fearsome to imagine an orc with like a pretty much a dwarf slayer beard. Mm-hmm. I, you know kind of like the second edition snake bites with just this like einstein electrocuted like main affair i don't know that sounds cool to me the the one i went the hardest on uh customizing was Steelheart's champions i made them like into the doom cast immortals and uh it's kind of going for like a chaotic neutral on them obviously they just look like they just look like chaos guys but i just wanted to make Bad guys, maybe some uh defected storm cats that are like a thousand years old or something. That's cool.
2: Yeah, these I like these ones a lot in particular because you used a lot of uh pieces from the Dark Eldar, cabalite Warrior and and Witch Kits for this. hmm Which are some yeah, of my, my, my personal those, favorite yeah, models.
1: Those hooks and chains are so useful.
2: Yeah, and the head and the little banner thing. Yep, yep.
0: Nice. Um, so a couple of questions we got for you. Um, just talk about like your convention history and like what you guys what you do when you're there and um, like just like the the classes you do, the competitions like what it's like meeting the artists you can just talk just if you can just kind of fill us in and how you how you deal with the uh, conventions
1: um I have uh, I played a game at a convention once. <laughs> it was a good time but yeah I've always my interest has always been. Painting, you know, finding models that I that I can't find. Um, and it, you know, originally it was like my brother and I, uh, some of our our buddies, you know, just our gaming group. We went down, and I would compete, and then I got to know more people, and then got invited to teach classes, and started doing the tabletop minions videos. So it's started evolving more and more into like this social gathering as well as uh, uh, like business meeting but I'm, like, day drinking the whole time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's I've, there's so many people to go and just that I only see at conventions. But uh, I've, I've been doing the, like, circuit for a while, you know, Adepticon and Nova Open. Right. Um, you know, for a while there, like, GameStay was also coexisting with, uh, man, there's I'd go to, like, right. Gen Con, Origins, Adepticon, and the golden demon, like all in the same year. And then there's like two different painting contests at Gen Con. Um, but yeah, I just you know, wanted to, like chasing trophies is not everything. I wanted to get these accolades because I'm trying to, cause I'm making a career out of this. It's just my goal to make a living as an artist. You know, I, I worked at a tattoo shop previously and I started, you know, rolling into a uh, miniature painting and I'd always enjoyed it and stuff. so that's that's my goal, and that's why I'm out there trying to win all these these awards but like i don't know they're they're not that important
0: no the but but the i think the classes that you do are really important because you're making sure that the uh you know the the artistic you know uh, abilities are how i'm not really explaining this very well uh you know are, are you're you're kind of you're teaching you're you're, you're...
1: it's a good thing yeah I, i'm yeah. an underground art teacher. It's kind yeah. of like Fight Club where I just set up these these meetups in like the back warehouse of a game store or whatever. And yeah, we all secretly meet oh. up.
0: So that's Talk why about. everybody was chanting his name is Robert Paulson because I, I didn't really understand the connection there.
1: Yeah, in death you are immortal. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you'll learn that at, at my class. In death no, he has
0: a name. <laughs>
1: it's great to share the knowledge and my strongest talent. It's the most positive way I can relate to the world around me, which is why I enjoy making these videos of tabletop minions, teaching these classes, and it allows me to put clothes on my back too. Sure. It's nice well, when I look around and everything I have comes from the hand at this point.
0: Well, if I may compliment you on your teaching abilities, because in the last Nova Open uh, last year, um, you let us sit in on in the back and just kind of like watch oh, yeah. and chill. And that first of all, super appreciated. Um, but you were teaching like freehanding. Yeah. And um when you did that, you were like talking about like you were you were like freehanding a skull and like everybody had to like freehand a skull, but you broke it down into like individual like shapes and like kind of like this is where you put this shape and this is where you put this shape. And I never had to paint a skull, but <laughs> I did do again 80s pop culture. I, yeah. I did my 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 KOs, my, my gun dwarves. And I did them as the ghostbusters. <laughs> so, so I had to put the Ghostbuster symbol somewhere.
1: Oh, I, I think I'll send you a picture of that.
0: Right. So I had to put it. So I decided to put it on drag little balloon thing. But the thing is I had to freehand it. So I had, so I, and I actually thought back, I'm like, well, you know, Sam showed us how to do this. Like you just break it down into like the little, Mm-hmm. the little things and you practice it on a piece of paper first and then you and then you go for it and if it sucks you just paint over it and try it again so you know it's fine so i i learned not not how to draw that particular shape but like that that was possible you know yeah
1: you, you and, just look and, at whatever you're trying to achieve and just break it into basic forms maybe make a little stick figure and a connect the dots version of it on a piece of right. paper. Yeah. And then, yeah. So what I'm
0: saying is that you inspired me to think that that was something I could do.
1: I'm glad and to hear so that. that.
0: So that empowerment was really important. And I, I, I hope that when people take your, your classes, it empowers them to, 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 to trust in their abilities and trust in the process.
1: Well, yeah. A lot of people underestimate themselves and it's, it's like, you know, especially when you approach like is this guy, you know, always oh, he's, he's so good at this thing. I'll never get to that level. But everyone started somewhere in practice. It's just time spent. So you've done this Ghostbuster symbol once. If you do it 10 times, it should be nine times better than the first. You know, and now you do a thousand of these and you're an expert in theory, right? You're getting better. Yeah. Like it's, you know, I, I, you, yeah. a lot of people walk out there and think they're just going to nail it. But think of this as like a musical instrument or learning a sport, like you want to practice some fundamentals before you go and just try to win, you know, a full on game or something. And just, you know, just jumping in the deep end, that's fine, too. But like, (laughs) there's a lot of uh, practice that goes into it and just trying to enjoy it instead of hating the process, you know, just remember why you started, because it was kind of fun to paint models.
0: It's relaxing
1: yeah i mean there's that... there's
0: a lot of positives that come out of it i bet people who paint actually have like lower blood pressure and probably are like more relaxed in general it's really soothing um yeah. anyway so i just want, i just wanted to point that out and i just say thanks because it's good stuff yeah, you're welcome. Um, i'm
1: glad to hear that it's cool having yeah. you guys in
0: there um you guys were talking before about um how miniature painting is kind of moving into like this kind of like digital format more often now where it's becoming, you know, something that people do on Twitch and, and have uh you know, subscriptions and stuff and, and, and teaching courses through, through a digital, uh, digital medium now with, you know, this whole like global quarantine. Um, can, can you talk a little bit more about uh, painting and communication through digital platforms?
1: Man. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had um, a bunch of classes set up. Pretty much had like seven or eight months of this year booked and, and planned out before this all happened so I've had to postpone these I don't like to use the canceled word but that's what it is and I'm going to rebook them at some point but uh I so I've had to you know pivot to working on this patreon or you know I started streaming an extra day on twitch as well Um. I'm I'm not very tech savvy, but I have at least learned enough to know how to you know get decent uh, video images onto these uh, different sites and be able to reach people. I'm lucky that people care about the lessons I. I'm thankful, you know, that they care about the lessons I have to to share enough that they'd want to subscribe to me on Twitch or on on Patreon.
2: Yeah, how'd you get uh, started with Twitch? what What was the, what was the first step into that?
1: Yeah, I think I I heard about it because of uh, Miniac. He mentioned that. Oh right, know, okay. So I like <clears throat> checked it out, and I I knew about it for a while before I uh, was able to <laughs> complete the setup process. Because again, I'm bad at technology, and I didn't really want to invest much into something that I I didn't know about what the return on it would be. But it, I don't know. Yeah, it was just right, kind of a uh, high
2: investment. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, this I ended up yeah, you know, thankfully to the to the viewers and stuff donating, I was able to like buy an actual computer for the purpose of streaming and can now produce a high quality image and stuff. But yeah, it was very rough at first. Um yeah, the community on there is is awesome though. It's it's a really good half of it's just hanging out and and chatting and stuff, especially now. Yeah. Um but yeah, I didn't it wasn't so I remember you know, watching a couple of years your... how I got into it I just was like I should try that well that worked you know <laughs> a few months later
2: yeah i remember a watching a couple like of your first too. ones the, <laughs> with with you um, you know talking and then using a just a webcam you had your <laughs> like microphones yeah i mean you had your like headphones mic and just a, like a, a regular webcam yep just a Logitech c920 right and then you've now upgraded to you know i guess a real microphone and then uh you have like an hdr camera or h whatever you call it yep yeah so you you, you're able to stream through a professional camera rather than yeah just a webcam don't you
0: don't you have two isn't there like one that's like on you and another one that's like over your shoulder or something
1: yeah yeah now oh boy i have three cameras at this point nice Got the palette cam, the face shot, and the the main scene, nice. as they're titled in my Streamlabs uh, <laughs> dashboard. The money
2: shot. I can't believe
0: this yeah. guy's talking yeah, about how untech tech savvy he has, but he he knows how to, like, name the streams on his computer. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, hey, webcast, love, come on, like, man. Geico commercials, but I've been able to figure it out very slowly, okay? I've been streaming for two years. And I've only gotten to this uh clearing within the last, I don't know, five months. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean that's that's how it is with any of these things: playing games, painting, using tech. You just you, you you start doing it. You suck when you start, and then you get better, and finally you're at a place where where you're you know you're doing great. So and I mean, also
1: everyone else so, knows more about it than you. Right? <laughs> in yeah. the gaming and tech, dude. I get on there and I, I have technological difficulties, and then I have like yeah, twenty yeah, people yeah. telling me how to like oh you just put a filter, you just run a Python script.
2: Right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember like, that. Be... You, I was getting your stream and, and you were like, like man, I wish I could figure yeah. out how to do this this thing on the audio. And I was telling you how to do that. You're like, Randall, <laughs> you're saying words, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just not understanding. I tried. <laughs> I,
1: I took your, like, I listened to you because you know, we've got a repertoire going. So I did, like, go follow up on the, the filters and stuff you suggested. I just suck at
2: it. Well, hopefully it worked.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it yeah, has yeah. at this point. It's good now. You've, you've heard it. Yeah, it's It's fine
2: so why don't we talk about this new patreon you're starting how what, what are you gonna be doing on there
1: um oh boy so the pledge levels right now the the main dish is for ten dollars a month you get one video a week um there's also an extra level called muscle warrior where you can have some one-on one lessons with me basically well, but that's limited to five people it's already filled up and then there's of course the piddly like oh buy me a coffee but to be honest, I'm going to spend it on burritos, so that's what I wrote in there. It's just a little $2 thank you. People signed up for that. So those are the goals I've set for myself, just those three tiers. I My intention is to overachieve on them and then create more tiers. Um, I already I have to polish up a few videos, but when I kick off on Saturday, I'll have five videos of all the fundamentals. Like Here's one on blending, edge highlighting, making a wash. I even made one on dry brushing just so it's all there. And then you'll always have in this one area be able to refer back to any questions you have when I start demonstrating the more advanced stuff, and right. so I want to make tutorial videos, but I also have a lot to say about being motivated, about theory, um, the general construction. Like I've got this diorama planned out using some Underworlds models and some Warcry Muscle Warriors. Um.
2: Which so we got a lot is. of those we got a lot of muscle dudes and
1: i did, there's so many interesting yeah cool cool humans um i want to do a little tour of the studio my my setup cuz people have questions about the palette and paint and lamps and everything you know so i've it just keeps going when i start thinking about it um which yeah i'm really excited about it cuz people have been very supportive
2: signing up early and stuff and So instructional videos is what you're going for. Yeah. Okay.
0: So get on that people. Yeah. All right. Speaking of instructional things, uh, give us a little taste, Sam. We have some questions for you about painting. Basically this, this section is going to be like a supersized key to salvation section. (laughs) <laughs> just talking about painting and of course you know she don't give away me. the farm don't give away the farm here but like you know just like a couple of things couple of things all right um so i'm going to ask uh the beginner questions because i i would still consider myself a beginner i'm a little bit of an overachiever but i'm still in a beginner You're um right. and then um and then randall's going to take care of the intermediate and advanced questions um so uh here are some questions let's start with this one um, you know underworlds models have the snap fit which mm-hmm. um, from what I understand is actually unusual. Like there are, there like there have been more snap fit stuff lately, but traditionally uh, under the uh, GW product doesn't have that. Yeah. So, um, so when it comes to like assembling those and putting them together, do you have any like little tips for making sure that they snap fit together really nicely? Cause sometimes people put them together and there's like a little bit of a gap between the pieces. Yeah. that's
1: um, because it, yeah. The um the pin that fits into the the hole on the other side usually has a mold line running around it. These models are pressed, you know, with a, a hemispherical fashion, right? It's like a sandwich
0: that's okay. That's the like injection mold. Bottom,
1: yeah. so you get that little mold line running around everything, and it runs along the edge of those um those points. I just clip them off. Everything sandwiches itself together, just keep making sandwich references fits together nicely as it is. These models, they're the monopose figures and stuff, so it's not like arms are going to be swinging out of place or something. So I usually just right. I cut them off or maybe just cut them down to a little point. So the hole will at least kind of seat itself where it needs to be, but to throw glue on there, you have a little bit of playtime with it anyways.
0: Put a little plastic so, yeah, glue? I would.
1: I yeah. would get rid of
0: those. Um I just discovered plastic glue like a month ago. Man, that's... So-
1: that's yeah. crazy
0: yeah so like like a lot of my earlier models have that that space and i was kind of like filling them up with, uh, with um with green stuff just to like so kinda were- oh man a little bit yeah randall were- never were to, said like, anything
1: the spr- like clippers in the exact not
0: true I, well actually i didn't actually even have screw clippers a sprue sprue clippers up until like mid season three so I was using like just like a really like sharp pair of scissors I tried to, to do it. it. I didn't realize that that was like a thing.
1: Whatever, man. I, oh, yeah. and,
0: and you know what I did before that is I actually would just like bend the piece back and forth until it would like one pop one off is. and then file it down with like, uh. with like I, I'd steal my wife's nail file. I have one of hers and I would just like file them down yeah. and then and people are like, this looks terrible. And I'm like, Okay, you have now that defiled this sculpt, sir. No, I filed, filed <laughs> a lot <laughs> oh, of filing, and and then Randall's it. finally like it. just put plastic glue in it. What are you doing? <laughs> Why did That's you I mean, start there?
1: Everybody starts somewhere, exactly. How are you supposed to know? Man, I look, I glued like pieces of Legos to models when I was a kid.
2: Oh, cares. Max did that. Max does that still. Oh, I
0: did that. I did that. With <laughs> you got to do a
2: gang of just Lego hats.
0: <laughs> I did. I did Lego hats. I put, because um, I did uh, my, uh, my Molog to look like the Hulk. And mm. so he's holding like this, like this jabber toad. And yeah, so like I, holding a frog I painted him, he's holding a frog. So I, I painted him to look like Loki from um from the first avengers movie you know like the puny puny god moment where he like grabs him and like slams him around so i put like the little loki like lego loki hat on uh on the frog yeah well done yeah just you know what when i what i lack in painting talent i make up for in uh dumb references to things
1: narrative counts man
0: Narrative is important. Telling you know, story. I, it matters. Could, I just exactly. got to get my talent to like, my skills to like. Dude, I'm up.
1: about to put cat ears on Mephiston and call him Meowfiston. Like, I yes. have this model. I'm just waiting to get to well, it. I, it's just funny. I need to see, see? this. You, you will, lose, I will like,
2: lose one Twitch subscriber fine. if you do that, Sam.
0: <laughs> it will. I, yeah. Guess who? I'll brush that
1: off, dude. You see how savage I am sometimes? People come in there and say dumb shit. I just, I got no tolerance. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not there for uh,
2: the unappreciated. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Read the room, people.
0: So, so, so. Sorry. Just back to the question. So, just like file down or cut off those things. Yep. The little yeah, little pegs.
1: Your best course, I'd say.
0: And maybe want to leave
1: a little uh, portion of it. Leave a little pointy stump, so the, you know, if you're so that worried it hits about the it right seating spot, itself yeah. into those holes properly, then
0: gotcha and uh plastic glue on the edges I assume yep just just really light plastic on
1: plastic the glue and then uh get yourself some swizzle sticks it's a flexible file variety pack similar to those nail files but it has a bunch of different grits and they're much thinner so you can get them in a smaller place small
0: yeah because that's a problem that I swizzle
1: have. stick it's real fun it's fun to remember it's a fun word all right I have to go check that out
0: all right uh next swizzle. uh Just uh, you don't have to go into too much detail, but just like when it comes to brushes and equipment, like what are the must-haves?
1: Use a larger brush um, whenever possible. I mean, I use like a size six to get most of my work done. Um, I know, you know, you look at a small model, you think I need small brushes for it, but as long as that large brush comes to a fine point, it'll give you more control over the paint and you can cover a larger surface area. I generally like synthetic brushes in these larger varieties. Um, the golden Taclon bristle type is nice. And then I also have the natural hair brushes. You know, I've got a, I'm sitting at my desk. I've got a Rosemary, uh, series 22. I've got a, a monument bombwick igniter size zero. I've been using that to do a lot of the fine detail work lately. Got a whole variety. There are multiple like good brands of brushes, but yeah, Generally, people should use larger brushes.
0: Now, I have a question.
2: They, I have a question. Do you do you feel like you use the synthetic brushes? Do you like genuinely like how they work? Or do you feel like you just go through brushes so fast because you're being a professional painter that you feel it's just more economic to get um, the synthetic ones?
1: I like the firmness of the bristle. There are some natural hairs that are firm, but there are also some that are that I've run into that are too you hear soft that, folks. I'm making out. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I like, uh, <laughs> I like big synthetic synthetics and small. He naturals. likes big, you it he like likes that it firm. Yep. Yep. I like control. Ooh, over the complete paint. control. <laughs> Same one's
2: yeah, they, stay, they
1: stay rigid. And yeah, they, if they go to shit quick, they're usually, um, a lot cheaper. So,
2: okay. So it's a combination of the two
1: not all not all the large natural bristles are bad i just it's like being a wine taster i mean i don't know what all these different varieties are i'm just going to stick with these synthetics so whatever works for you is is fine okay
0: cool these are just suggestions Um, you know yeah uh what are your thoughts on 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 a wet palette like do you feel as though buying one making one Maybe you don't need one because whenever I see, you know, the, the, the GW guys painting in their videos, they don't have one. They're just using like the palette, like the paper. Um, yeah. So wet palette, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, get a wet palette and
1: make one or buy one whatever is is easiest for you. You can easily make one out of a, a shallow Tupperware dish. I, for years I had um, an old colored pencil tin, just a nice shallow container. It can be plastic. It could be a tin. Altoids container you probably want sure. more room to work than that. Yeah, but the paper that comes with a lot of these palettes sold by um, Miniature painting companies is the wrong kind of paper. It seems It's made for like heavier body acrylics like a more traditional Art, you know, like I'm making watercolors or you know painting on, on a canvas or something miniature paints are something a little bit different so Get parchment paper. It's a baking accessory but it's it's just a time saver if nothing else. Uh, mm. People think it like dilutes their paint and makes it easier to paint. I don't I don't know. Slowly the paint does take on more water. If you put the lid on, it's going to act like a little humidor, and things are going to separate. But having all of my colors still active from this afternoon, if I'm painting a model and I let's say I missed a finger, bam! I don't have to pop open another bottle of paint. It's it's going to save me time. Those microseconds add up to minutes. In hours and you have more time to live and play games so get a wet palette uh, yeah, you, I, can, you can buy one if you want just get a masterson's stay wet palette it's like 15 bucks it's cheap and affordable but yeah you don't you can make your own easily
0: I, I feel as that because I made one in a Tupperware thing with um so you just put like some some paper towel wet it down put the parchment paper on top of it um, another thing I do I found is that like cutting the 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 parchment paper and the paper towel to the shape of the thing um, actually makes it so it dries out slower. Um, so that's oh, yeah the, yeah all the one thing I did notice all the
1: edges are touching down yeah for right. sure exactly I, you know, plenty of like YouTube videos on on a wet palette but uh, just as far as getting one yeah you know take some information in. <clears> and- definitely pick one up if you don't have one it's yeah it's going to save you time and it's it's just more relaxing that way there's not this like you know burning fuse like ah oh, shit, shit shit my paint's drying out as a i painted like that for a while before i had a wet palette and i was so glad when i when i made the switch
0: oh yeah also, i remember i remember that it was just like it. i would put it down on like some some paper and it was just like right away it was it got was this whole yeah and out and it was a, like
1: Bottle of paint open you all the time, back and out. Yeah. that's how people spill their Devlin mud. Like, I need a kickstand to hold this bottle of paint up.
2: Oh,
0: I I, I, I spilled the damn paint. Yeah, <laughs> I spilled that blue ink once. What's the blue one? The the nightshade. Uh, the nightshade. That one I spilled. That one all over the place. That was bad.
2: Well, I uh, I was man. going with a uh, homemade for a while, and then I recently upgraded to the Army Painter palette that they just came out with, which is pretty nice. There you go. It's All kind right. of like going from an old beater car to like a, I don't want to say a Cadillac, but like on the CRV maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh,
0: so speaking of spilling shades and throwing shades, tell us about shades because uh, when I found out about shades really early on, actually it, it I had to go back to some of my old models and be like, oh, I never got to shade these because I did not oh, know yeah. about these damn things. And so I went back and I'm like, oh, I can see the cracks in that like you know that that piece of stone over there now, and I can see the little uh-huh. dinks in their uh, in their armor over there. And so, t- tell us uh, tell us about shades and like how to use them properly. Uh, you were talking to me before because I I tend to overuse shades personally, but uh, just whatever you can say about using shades would be really helpful.
1: I like the the army painter washes. I uh, don't use their paints, but I like their washes. Um, so I'd recommend getting those. I I was frustrated with the gnome oil from Citadel. If I slop a heavy amount on, I end up kind of like this white um powder accumulates in the cracks. What that is 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 some talc it's mixed into the all these washes so they have a matte finish, but it you know it seems to be separating and that's why I'm getting the settling in the crevices. To counteract that, you can mix a little bit of paint in with the wash or the shade um you know, put like 20%, whatever the root color you're trying to use, you're using a black wash, put a little bit of black paint in there. Um, personally, I, I have all the contrast paints. I like, I'll yeah. just dilute those down. They just, there's more in there They work, they work better. So again, if you know, you've got the, if you can afford this, go for it. But it's not the only way to get things done. You can also get a bottle of ink, mix it with a little bit of of paint. So you get the viscosity of the ink and you get the, the matte finish of the paint throw some water in there maybe uh mix in an acrylic uh retardant a dry time extender so you get a little more uh time to play with the paint as well as when you're starting out but just talking about making your own custom wash it might seem like a long description but this is about 20 seconds of time to just throw a few drops on your wet palette and mix it together
0: sure uh you you mentioned uh contrast paints you know that's like kind of a big line that Citadel came out with uh, decently recently. Like, what do you think contrast paints have added to, you know, the, you know, a painter's repertoire? Like, how do you feel about them?
1: It's just um, where before you had two lanes in the road, you now have three. It's, it's a new Avenue to get to a completed project. I think when you paint something with purely contrast paints, it has a certain look to it, but it's not a bad look. Um it's just a it's a super wash at the core of it. It's it's a a bottle of ink that I don't have to worry about it turning into complete gloss on me. Um I I use them, you know, pretty much as just the function of washes, but every once in a while I'll like speed paint something, you know, or have this project that I want to do a little quicker, then I'll I'll pull out some contrast paint. And you could do a lot with just a layer of that and some fine edge highlighting can you know leave blending out of the equation and still produce some <clears throat> nicer looking models you know they're not dry brushed maybe you don't like the rough dry brushing on some of these smoother areas but uh yeah i like the stuff and i wasn't told to say that <laughs> so <laughs> people have asked me if if oh you're in how, that video how much are they paying do, you did they tell you yeah yeah, yeah. like no nothing man is <laughs> The same they like, so sent it so to ask they, me a they just sent you yeah. some
2: and you started using it and found ones you liked and
1: I went. yeah I went out there um beforehand to, to try them out and that's when they they shot that video and then yeah you know before the the release they sent some to the people that were there so we could uh get our hands on them but yeah it was was really fun to use
0: So another just like great tool in the arsenal I guess mm-hmm all right and yeah man
1: you could take uh get an airbrush out and do kind of uh maybe i'll i'll airbrush this model you know brown tan and then ivory so i've got this kind of sepia gradient and i'll take whatever contrast paints i want throw it over that and i've have a gradient from the airbrush and then the contrast paint tones it out as well as defining it and adding some lines you could yeah. do that with a wash you're like randall showed me a model he painted with just washes a while ago but it's you just have another possibility and if You've got the capital to afford it, give it a try. You don't you don't need uh like 30 bottles, you know. A lot of these these paint ranges are so extensive because it's for recipes you can replicate your army's paint job time after time throughout the months, you know. Most of what I have is just the kind of Riggy biv, you know, maybe four bottles of of each shot tone in there, some browns, black and white. You know, I don't I don't have a lot of uh, bottles of paint here.
2: And then you're saying you can add just regular paint to the contrast paint to sort of shift the, the hue a little bit or whatever.
1: Uh, I haven't done that. You could oh, okay. you could try it out. I took oh, some yeah. of the contrast okay. medium and mixed that in with some paints. But with uh, with the shades and washes, you can mix a little bit of paint in with it. Yeah. Nice.
0: That was cool. All right. Um, Talking about dry brushing, you had mentioned that before. Um, I think a lot of beginners don't really know when or even like the proper technique of dry brushing. So if you can just like say like, why would you use it and how do you like set up, you know, the paint and the brush to do so?
1: I just recorded a video about that today for my Patreon. Um, <laughs> you can uh,
0: give, give give us the, uh, give us the yeah, like so one minute soundbite version of that.
1: Take your brush. Your brush is coming to a fine point right now. I want you to swipe that brush against the model without any paint on it. So this is going to spread out the tip and create a more rounded edge. Now dip the brush into the paint. Wipe it on a surface, a paper towel, maybe your desk. Eventually the paint will be coming off of the brush and you're going to see the brush start to catch on the textures of maybe the wood grain of your desk or your fingerprints or whatever, your, you know, the grains on the paper towel. That's when you know it's ready. Now very lightly sweep it across the model. You're taking advantage of the three-dimensional aspects of this figurine. The harder you press, the more intense the amount of paint you apply will be. And uh, also pay attention to the upward facing angles. See so you're creating a, a natural looking light source. Um, this is you know it's going to take practice to to get it right. But
0: what do you mean about that the light know. source thing when you say upward facing angles?
1: If I'm standing underneath a lamp or a beautiful chandelier, maybe at a Warhammer Underworlds tournament. Sure.
2: Um, maybe some champagne in your hand. You know, I'm in an
1: elevator, right? That's great. Elevator light. That's where you're supposed to to take your post-workout uh, pictures. Mm-hmm. But it represents the zenithal, the sun, the zenith. You know, this top-down light source is pretty common, and you're just standing out in the open. And it's funny because I can see you right now, and the light source is, like, um, up into your right.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: And so that's something to play with. And if you want to have the light coming from just completely one side, that's your decision. But generally, um, you know, people are going for this top down light source, um, you know, versus having lamps projected from above and, b- and below equally.
2: So Max, you know how you do that thing where you, you paint, you prime the model black and then you take some of the gray paint and, Oh yeah. That that's no, a Zenithal Zenith, Zenith Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I do that with um when I'm priming things. I'll I'll start black and then I'll put um gray at like a, maybe a forty-five degree angle and not nearly as much. And I put just like a little bit of white over the top.
1: Nailed it. See? That's exactly what you're trying to simulate. And that's why I recommend even though you, if you're gonna cover up that zenithal base coat, you're still ingraining this light situation in your mind. That that top down uh light source.
0: Yeah, it, it, does that stuff actually come through the paints or something? Like, I, th- I thought that that was the point—is that it like kind of comes through the paint a little bit?
1: Yeah, it it can if you want it to, and it it's definitely like um a bit of a booster seat. Like, if I'm painting you know the color yellow or something on on top on this model's cloak, and there's black and white portions from the primer job, that first coat of paint is going to show up more intensely over the white area. Right. And so the upward facing areas are going to be turning out brighter throughout the process. Eventually it's all covered up. Uh, you don't have to do it that way. You could be, you know, working with the transparencies of glaze, like consistencies of the paint or washes, whatever you prefer.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Um, let's move on. Uh, okay. Two more. Uh, one, uh, do you paint the recesses first or do you paint like the outer things first?
1: Start uh go from the inside out because you can cover your cover your mistakes as you're moving to the outer, more detailed parts of the sculpt. Uh, or generally, I start with the most uh, prevalent color, like a space marine. The deepest parts are the grooves in his elbows and knees, but he's wearing a suit of candy red armor. So I'm going to start with that.
0: Gotcha. Because I think, um, especially with these underworlds models, a lot of them have a lot of detail, and um, there mm-hmm. are certain areas that are like deep crevices. Like for instance, I'm I'm on the ogre right now, and his neck it's is like really space. deep, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. And um, I and I put a white in there because um, you know, because Prince Adam has a white shirt on, um, so mm. you know, he man. So um, so I <laughs> what I did was is that I got in there with a, with a white, but then I used um. Randall said I should use like a bluer or a black shade. So I used the, I actually used the blue shade and, uh, and put that in kind of deep, but really like thick. And then a little bit of like white highlighting on the like the raised parts. And that was like the best I could do, really.
2: So, so you're saying oh, you man. did that before you started doing the fur and the, I did, the, I did a lot the of the
0: white shirt. Yeah. I did that first. And then, um, and then I, I tried to move my way outwards. I, I don't always do it perfectly because I know I'm supposed to do it that way because we had talked about it. Like a week ago. But you and, not um, to right. Okay. And then, um, so I, so, and it's since, since then I've been doing it that way. But, um, you know, like for the most part, yes, that's what I do. Sweet. Yeah. Just a lot of spots. Okay. Last thing, uh, last beginner question for you. Um, people get frustrated. You know, this is a, a difficult skill to learn. It's a difficult skill to learn really well and, and, and get to the higher levels. And it takes a long time to get there. It takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of experience, it takes a lot of trial and error. Um, just like, w- what do you say to people who are getting frustrated and, um, you know, starting off and, and it's not coming out the way that they want it to come out?
1: Well, don't get hung up on comparisons. Gain inspiration from the things you see, but uh, every uh, person's, you know, creative endeavor is their own and do it because it's fun. If it's if it's not fun, don't do it. Not everything is for everybody, but uh, just don't lose sight of of what made you want to begin. You know, the enjoyment of just bringing these models to life a little bit is even if it's just a simple job, you know, it's it still looks cool. <clears throat> um generally pivoting to a different project can reignite the the inspiration as well. You know, the average miniature painter is also a war gamer and they are adding to their ranks and legions. So it gets, you know, real boring around paint job number 20, you know, or you're and that's just one unit. You've got 80 models that are all wearing Prussian blue or whatever. You know, you just you get sick of a color and you're not learning as much by doing the same thing. So maybe take an evening and break away and just focus on what you're bad at. You grab a spare model because we all have unpainted models and you'll buy more and just sacrifice it to the, to the learning, right? Like I'm not going to finish this. All I'm going to do is practice edge highlighting because I suck at that. And that's it. And it's, it's again, it's, you walk in trying to play a complete game when you, you know, you just like picked up a basketball, like, or play a full concert, you know, after learning hot cross buns or something like take time to practice the fundamentals and you're you know you're always going to be painting if you love wargaming you love these miniatures you know so just learn to accept that that you're always going to have this time it's never go- going to end it should be an enjoyable process that you're going through so just take a break from the routine i think is important to you know just just hone in on something and it it's going to make everything else a lot more worthwhile like man i'm glad i got i took a night and practice edge highlighting before i got good on the 15th model i was painting you know and, and fucked up like 14 of these um
2: right <laughs> i like of, what you said me, about it, like uh switching it up um sometimes like i know i i've had to deal i've had to do um like commission paint projects for my f- friends sometimes. And, you know, if, if, if I'm not going to keep the model, it, it's hard to like get motivated to, to do it myself. So usually what I'll do is I'll say, okay, I'm going to paint this, but I'm going to try out some new technique I've never tried before while I do. Yeah. And then that sort of gives, you know, I'll, I'll get through all the boring stuff, the base coating, the washing, the the dry brushing, the edge highlighting, just so that I am motivated to try that new technique out
1: yeah exactly like every piece is an experiment when you start doing these small single models or if you're an underworld's player and man you've got all these small you know like seven models is a a large gang yeah you know painting a little group of five it's
0: it maxes out at nine that's the biggest one we have
2: yeah 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 three from three to nine is the is where we're at Yeah,
1: so, you know, hopefully you don't have to uh, run into that, like, mundane, like, oh, God, I've already done this, like, 10 times, you know, no wonder this isn't exciting. So, and and in that way, you can find, you can throw some little variations into your units with different markings or basing situations, like, uh, these guys are standing in a different part of a field, they're standing, uh, you know, where the, the dump is, or where all the, maybe the standing oh, in water or something yeah yeah <laughs> something gross yeah yeah um motivation is a is a tricky one because it's it's different for everybody mm-hmm. and it's also going to change every time so whatever it takes to catch the muse it might just be a cup of coffee or turning off your phone <laughs> you know who kn- who knows what's distracting you or You know, making this activity not rewarding as rewarding as it should be it's kind of a personal diagnosis but
2: that's my advice cool awesome
0: uh randall do you want to get into some more intermediate questions
2: uh sure yeah so this is just mainly for people who (coughs) have have maybe mastered the basics and are looking to up their game a little bit um so the first question i have is about let's uh color theory or maybe choosing a color scheme how do you how do you choose a correct color scheme to match the model with the base? I know we have a lot of like scenic bases and like the models come with the scenic bases
1: Yeah, and a lot of them have
2: different textures on them and different themes. And usually, you know, if you're painting, I remember I had a a hard time painting my, um, my eyes of the nine because like some of them are, are blue and then others are like flesh color. So like it was hard to, to come up with a, a color to match the the bases with the two different um, skin tones do you want to yeah. talk about anything like that
1: well so it's it's kind of two uh, main directions match the board you're playing on or move into the uh, just what color is complements these models the best. Some general advice uh, think about contrast like in the form of light and dark, like putting a um Say I've got a a model in a a black robe. I might want to base him against kind of an ivory backdrop so so it pops out that much more. And then, you know, inside of this black uh, robe, you can see a bit of his face, and that's like a lighter skin tone, or maybe it's kind of a gaunt, like a vampire or something, you know, so it's real pale. So you've got this separation of elements between light and dark. And now also think about temperatures, like cold and warm, um, you know, cold shadows, warm highlights, separating elements with a uh, cold and warm. If I've got a warm toned model, I'll set it against a, you know, cold backdrop. So uh, right. I've got a, a red model, you know, I put them on a blue base. Got a blue base, I put a red model on it. You know, so you just get this this complementary action. And generally colors, you know, if you look at a color wheel, whatever's kind of a across from one another is a good place to start. And they just kind of have a secondary uh, neutral color. So yeah, just consider warm and cold and then dark and light as, you know, just a kind of a basic uh, approach to.
2: Right. I like what you said about the dark and light. Like, just imagine, imagine like a, let's say a dark elf or something like that with a, like a black cloak with like a shadowy hood or something like that. You'd think, well, I want to, I want to make this whole model look, look dark and, and shadowy. Well, I, you know, maybe I'll paint the base black and bl- bl- blue or something like that, and then his cloak black. It's actually, I think it's actually more effective and, and makes it look better if you actually use a brighter color on the base to get that contrast. Yeah. Whereas, and then you have the model itself look more dark and shadowy.
1: Yeah. Um, and like a, yeah, having kind of a drab colored model and putting it on a colorful base can really add a lot. And, um, yeah, anything can be any color. Um, I've seen so many different light situations and colors on just stones that I, I wouldn't normally imagine, so I've learned to just let go of that, like, rocks always have to be gray kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's but that's yeah, one and- thing I'm struggling with is, like, yeah. you know, you see all these people painting and then, you know, th- th- you have, like a like, a piece of, like, metal armor, but then there's tones of green and purple underneath and stuff like that, and you don't even see the the, the silver or gold of the armor until like the very top layer.
1: Yeah, it's because it's, it's reflecting its environment. Yeah, like If I'm standing in the woods, then all of these metals would be have a slight uh, green hue. Exactly. Um, you can also take everything I just said and throw it out the window and paint in a monochromatic fashion. Maybe I'm trying to create a nighttime scene, so I'm adding a touch of blue into every color. I might be paying attention to some of this kind of, you know, red and blue complementary colors. Or, you know, maybe I create just a kind of dark drab setting on everything. Like I've I've done the gang of skeletons and I just make all their eyes glowing green. So it's got this kind of eerie look. Um it, you know, I just want to add to the point that these are all just suggestions. It's it's not a hard rule. It's just a, you know, something to just a thought to have in mind when you're considering what you want to do with your paint job.
2: Nice. So do you wanna do you wanna go into more detail about um how you how you paint the bases that come with the the custom underworlds models do you, or sorry with the how do you paint the bases that come with the the underworlds models
1: i try to match them to the to the board generally but you know i take some liberties like that first uh the shade spire board is cool it's all like gray and you know kind of uh turquoise tones uh-huh. mixed in there which is so why i kind of made that pale kind of greenish ivory armor on the uh stormcast so i've got a dark and a light thing kind of uh working out but it's it's nice because they've already kind of filled in a lot, a lot of the blanks for you i don't have to go and get a box of skulls and cut the arm off of you know a barbarian and mm-hmm. take a roll of uh putty and cut up little gold coins make piles of treasure like it's yeah,
0: they're like already there
1: yeah exactly <laughs> right. man it's a great thing to just throw on the table yeah you can always. i, uh... I was
0: surprised when i saw like 40k bases and i was looking at them like well, how come they're blank yeah right because <laughs> yeah. on? i what only ever play, play underworld GTA, and i'm like yeah. wait i gotta so you guys have to like put that stuff there like it doesn't just come with it
1: Yep, you gotta go I was, I was get amazed down on your hands and knees and dig dirt out of the ground and exactly get like people are always on putting, your face.
0: Yeah. Yeah, people are always putting like little like little fronds or like whatever those little little tiny like little laser ca- ca- paper plants. You can, yeah, you can like buy them in a little baggie, right? <laughs> and you and you put them on so there and fun. people like people will put them. Do, do you feel like you need to put those on underworlds models? Like or, or is it just too much?
1: I will add a little bit of the dirt, a little bit of that finer micro texture.
0: Okay. But I've yeah, used Sterling I mud.
1: Little, oh. I guess I did add a few random strands of grass poking through some of the stones and stuff. Got that option. The Magor's fiends. Um, those bases are like lava splitting, but I made yeah, that into those are rivers cool. of flood.
0: We'll so. link everybody to that one too. Those are, those are really nice. and you know Magors is like near and dear to my heart i took those to nova the first year so
1: oh yeah they're the first like broken army first (laughs) severely broken one where i was just like okay i remember my first game against them i was playing the orcs i'm like your guys are just better than mine (laughs) they're better yeah what's all about the card choices i'm like i'm aware that there's a card playing element but give us both the same deck or take the cards away your models are better than mine just straight up better
2: yeah the cards are better too.
0: They hit harder. The
2: too. Card, yeah, the cards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep.
1: I um, don't know about those models exactly then. Uh, but yeah, the cards, they're just fucking better. I'm like, so I attack you, you get a chance to do damage on me. with yep. the, You know, the bucklers and.
0: Oh, yeah, he can hit you back. Right. Yeah.
1: But you'll get inspired if he hits you. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I love depending on my opponent to do well dead. for me to get an advantage. That's that's yeah. a great mechanic, yeah. yeah. It is, that's it cool, is... dude. If you're getting the shit kicked out of you, you get an extra wound. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> uh,
2: what is your go-to recipe for metallic weapons? Maybe using true metallic paints rather than. Oh yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So I made a video with tabletop minions about exactly this, and I painted um, Iron Skull, the that black orca yep, boss.
2: Yes, yeah. J-
1: To just explain generally though i have a main color like uh, let's say vallejo gunmetal gray that's a a silver that they sell base coat that and then i'll take an opaque color mix it in like uh, just black for example and sweep that into the shadows kind of a if you've seen like a non-metallic metal technique you know where they're directing where the shine is happening by using this opaque color i'm controlling where the light is interacting with the metal flakes you know, and then I'll throw a wash on top of that, maybe some ink to get an environmental reflection. I can water down some um, terracotta tones, you know, some kind of orangey browns to make rust. And then after I clear coat everything, <clears throat> everything, I do the final silver highlights with just the brightest silver I have and just tiny dots and slashes. Because uh, metallics interact much more dramatically under a light source, you know, sword versus cape under the same light source, you know, it's going to be a lot more action on the, the shining sword. Um, so yeah, just really fine, sharp, bright silver highlights.
0: So I usually uh, when I, when I do things, I, I usually put a little bit of art code on top. Is, is that like worth using or is there better ways to do it?
1: That's worth using. That's, it's, that's, that's like a flat finish, right? It
2: doesn't no. dry gloss. No, no, the art coat is the gloss.
1: Oh, I would save that for like gems and eyes and uh, insides of mouths and teeth if you want.
0: Okay. I've used it for water as well. Like, like there on top go. of like a little pond. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause you don't want your model just to be drenched in sweat, like inside the clothes outside with that shiny finish. It just doesn't look right. So okay. yeah. Tester's doll coat, um, shake it and then shake it more until you think you can't shake it anymore.
2: Right. I had a, I had a question about, uh, from, uh, our, our friend Sean up at the tabletop shop in, in Newington. He, he was saying, he was asking me, how do you, um, you know, do a, a finish coat, uh, a lacquer on metallic weapons without making them look dull.
1: That's why, yeah. That's why I save the final silver highlights until after I, I dull coat them.
2: Okay. So you're saying put the, Put the varnish or whatever on after you've done the, the the base coat and the wash. Yep. And then and then you come in with the bright silver highlight.
1: Because it is going to take some down, but your highlights will still retain a lot more of that sheen. It'll still read as as a you know shimmering metal.
2: So awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now we're moving on. Go for it. So one thing that you know, if anybody looks at your Instagram or anything you've painted before, you are you make some really crazy-looking custom bases for your models, and a lot of it, you know, what you can you're uh, you can see some of your work in progress shots. That a lot of this material you use is just you know stuff you found outside. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of um, driftwood is is a common building block. I get uh, sheets of corkboard are really handy too for just kind of staging things. Yeah, dirt, you know, stones, um, birch tree seed pods look like little leaves. Roots, pull those up and dry them out. They make um, good roots <laughs> as well as trees. They, they scale a lot better versus the the plant on the upside. We call above the dirt the upside. Um, or yeah, just you know, random broken pieces of of whatever. There's, there's all these accessories like skeletons and extra spears and stuff, but uh, I used to not like that when I was just a, a gamer. I didn't like it when models had the tactical rock. Yeah, like, oh, this guy's always the standing rock, on, a, yeah. on this particular corpse. I don't like that, but I got over that eventually when I started looking at it as it's just a snapshot, snapshot of the cinematic moment. So. You know, you freeze frame your model at the coolest looking point. When I'm, I'm building a base, it's my choice um, where I take the picture. Let's say it's me walking down a trail. I can take the picture when I'm just in this bland, boring area, or I can take a picture where there's like some a broken bottle or maybe a bridge or, you know, a little drainage ditch spouting out or a human skull or something. You know, whatever is along the side of the trail that I'm walking on.
0: Um, Lots of human skulls on the trails you go to.
1: And it's just the skulls. I don't. It's always. It's never. Yeah.
0: It's never the other part. It's just skulls. Okay, I got it. Because the know. the underworlds models have that problem where they seem wherever they seem to be walking, there seems to always be a skull on the ground somewhere.
1: Step down another skull. Oops, yeah. there's Another <laughs>
0: skull again. It's fine, dude. I'm.
1: I don't. I don't want these models to be based on reality. I don't care that there's piles of skulls everywhere. Yeah, no, that's cool. Space marines aren't real, and yeah. It's fine with me. I, I like fantasy. <laughs> um, unchained. Unchained. I am like, unchained. I like the new uh, Age of Sigmar aesthetic where they're just kind of blowing up everything into high fantasy. Sure, they may take some risks and fail, yeah. but I like to see them taking chances. It's, it's produced a lot of cool things overall.
2: Those new uh, mountain cows are pretty ambitious it's models. That's what everyone's here.
1: thinking. Yes. Yeah, right. Like, why are these hats?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> why? Why are the ladies. Why does this
2: lady have, the but they're hips? trying stuff. They're trying, they're trying stuff. not, not everything's going to work out.
1: Exactly, man. Right? I, res- <laughs> I respect the game and not all those models look bad. And you could just, those dumb bullhead guys with yep. the, like, I've got a two-handed weapon. I'm just going to put a big horseshoe to catch it with, inside of on top of yep, my head. Yep. But that looks like it trims off pretty easily. And you maybe you just uh, glue some hair in there could ask masks for some advice get some like pipe cleaners out or what you know
2: yeah man maybe a lego hat
1: instead of the fucking right. dumb ball look in your look I in your child's I got lego, lego bandana over the, the exactly
0: i hat. got some pipe <laughs> cleaners it don't, look, don't
1: look all bad man it's just it's just some, some kind of uh moments that take my breath away in a bad way but i think there's ways around it same with the storm cast, you know this I look at the, the deeper form if, you know, with a little bit of modification you can make something cool.
2: Alright, so the, the speaking of that, uh I noticed that you use a lot of um existing GW plastic kits, just pieces of them, in order to make the the base. I'm looking at one right now that looks to me like a uh a door of a draw pod, possibly.
1: Oh, it's the side oh. of a bane blade, yeah. Okay,
2: okay. So now my question is how do you prepare um of something a piece of a model like this to look like uh, a base rather than like oh that's just a chunk out of the uh, some other some other kit. Is there any sort of way well, you weather it or
1: in the sci fi realm everything is just mashed. It's all it's all Borkin. So I, I am pretty unrestrained. I just I know I want to make a general shape like with that base you're talking about. I want to create kind of a standing on this cliff overlooking a valley you know so it's on this angled plinth that kind of feeds down and it implies there's a lower area and there's just all that wreckage and hangage you know all those cables and stuff in the form of guitar wires and brass rod and stuff sticking out um yeah i just you know general general approach i have a, a shape i want to create i find the larger elements kind of stage it all up and then start moving to the smaller and smaller details so you Just kind of get the major ones in there, and then build everything else around it. Um, that I that base that took me like three hours to build. Oh uh, yeah, this but, yeah,
2: this is a pretty involved one. Yeah, I went
1: hard on that one. I had fun the whole time, though.
2: And it's it has just, that uh, it's just
1: what do big you, kid Legos.
2: What do you call the type of plinth where the wood is sort of like a, I don't know, I don't know what you really call this. Burned into the the edge or something like that, or it's kind of like crumbling it's 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 like a it's not like a flat top on the top of the Oh, it's it's like a
1: yeah i don't know what the name for that would be it's kind of an irregular irregular like to paint a picture though basically you've got like a tree trunk right and you just maybe a a, a crook in the branches or an interesting knot you're just kind of taking a core sample of that Now everything's smooth on the sides and then the top face of that is just the irregular uh, weaving like bark formation or, or whatever you have. And those are those are just fun surfaces to work on top of. Right. You know, it looks can make it look like a sloping hill or whatever.
2: Cool. Yeah, because I'm really struggling with 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 stuff like this. I kind of don't know where to start, but I guess you're saying like start with the general shape. I made a build video out on, around there.
1: Yeah. There's a tabletop minions video from a long time ago where I, I built up a scenic base. Um, but I'll also cover that in my Patreon, but you can, you can get a taste for free as well. Sweet. Those those videos aren't going away on tabletop minions.
2: Awesome. So, uh, moving on to the next question, what are your preferred special effects or technical paints to use on underworld models? Like for example, uh, like blood effects or like slime effects. Do you ever use any of those?
1: Yeah, I use, um, to make a lot of my effects, I use this stuff, um, Mod Podge dimensional magic, mm-hmm. and it's just this uh, kind of a clear gel medium, and you can tint it in all kinds of directions. You know, I could add, uh, like, brown and red ink to make blood, which which is how I made that on the Magoras Fiends. I could add some sickly uh, green to it to make it look like pus. You know, it's nice that it's clear, so I can kind of make it look like different things. I could make uh, an icy effect, I'll apply it, you know, just clear... As the foundation for uh, if i'm making a snow base so i get that melted look yeah mod podge dimensional magic is just a handy thing to have around um i'll melt pieces of acrylic rod clear pieces and stretch them out use that for strands of drool or gore you know i'll I'll paint the mod podge with uh different tones mixed into it on top of that acrylic rod so i get like a if i want to have like a strand of you know milk shooting out of somebody's eye i can uh make that (laughs)
2: Oh yeah, that that's interesting. What? I saw I saw a guy um
1: people can I, do that. Yeah.
2: I saw someone uh on YouTube I think that guy um Ben Comets. He he was trying to he was trying to make like a pile of bones and he basically just took like little pieces of plastic and then held it over a candle for a second and that sort of bent the it, it like flared out the edges of each of the little piece of plastic. Nice. And so it looked like you know, they, it wasn't like a focal point of the model. It was like part of the base. So he didn't have to make them look at, you know, actually like yeah, he, the femur you need bones Yeah, he used
1: yeah. a couple links in there, throw some, some more detailed ones on the top.
2: Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's... burning the, 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 the plastic like that is a, gives a nice effect. All <laughs> right. So then the final question is, um, what are some tips you have for taking photographs of your own miniatures?
0: Let me just preface this by saying that a lot of Underworld's players, when they paint stuff, they're so proud of it that they put it up on all the Facebook, you know, groups and whatever. And the first line is always like, sorry, it's a crappy picture, but mm. yeah, get rid like, of that. here's the thing. Don't no right apologize
1: for, for something that you you did that, you know, is bad then. Yeah, it's just you're just making space. To... What?
2: Yep. Well, <laughs> yeah, and what, I, you, what you have probably have hate it here. when I do
1: this, but. Uh, i'm I'm just being harsh no i know it's it's tricky
0: it's tricky for
1: people um here's what you do the camera lens works just like the human eye if i hold my hand up in front of my face the background is going to blur out and my eyes will it's a lot easier to catch on what's focused in front of my face versus the background so when you're taking a picture make sure the model is far away from the background so the camera knows where to focus a lot of time people will set it against a piece of construction paper and take the picture. But, you know, have a 12-inch distance or even more between that model and the uh, the backdrop that you're using. Use two lamps, and you can do this. If you, cover them with dryer sheets or don't to uh, diffuse the light. There's other ways to diffuse the light, but that's what I have going on because I'm, I'm thrifty. And uh, you want to bend those lights down and kind of... Point them, like, face them at the model, not on top of the model. You don't want them casting shadows. You want it revealing the shadows that you've painted into the figure.
0: Mm.
1: And, yeah, just one from from each side. And then uh, when you're taking the picture, take it from the model's eye level, generally. You know, like, hunch down there. Because a lot of time you're holding your camera up, and then you're looking over your camera. Then you look down at your screen. So you've got, like, two perspectives in mind. You want to just be seeing through that camera you know that's important Observes photography of from like games workshop is an easy go-to you know look at the angles they picked you know there is a specific there's kind of a beauty angle you know there's an angle that models are meant to be facing as a final resting point so try to find that and photograph it from that angle to start and then rotate it around watch miniacs videos on photography that's the only reason i can produce good photos um, abandoning the light box was a very uh, beneficial thing for me. So I, I can't tell you much more information than what what he gave us, but uh, yeah, that's some, some general advice. But yeah, your your phone should should, should be just fine.
2: Yeah. So to for recap, just, you're saying you're saying have a have hands. a clear backdrop, have a, multiple sources of light that are not directly above the the model. Yeah. and focus on the angle maybe take different couple different pictures and see which one is you know Rotate. Yeah line a up uh,
1: so have the model far away from the backdrop use you know a neutral color use white or or gray whatever you want for the mm-hmm. backdrop point those uh lamps at the model like it's a firing squad um maybe catch them kind of in the in the glow of the lamps but yeah you want to bring the lamps down to the model's level basically and um uh, if you look at my photos, the models are like standing on a black box, so that it kind of raises them up for me, so I can get a better uh, perspective on them. Yeah, it's oh, just yeah. it's an ammo box that I painted black, and then just a charcoal gray piece of uh, construction paper, two lamps with dryer sheets, and
2: you got a good stew going. And the, and the dryer sheets okay. you're saying prevent the like the glare or or it, being it too yeah much, it diffuses
1: or... it diffuses the intensity of the light a little bit. OK, you know, Oh, I see
2: <laughs> like imagine,
1: a, you know, to put an extreme example, like, OK, illuminate the model. Cool. I'm going to set him on the light bulb. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> a certain distance there where it's going to bleed the photo to death. Sure. So find a, you know, good distance. you know, these lamps are uh, probably within two feet of the, of the model, you know, give or take. All
2: mm-hmm. right. Well, I think we're
1: That's done a with lot. all the questions then
0: yeah and, and <laughs> i try trying to be thorough of... man
1: I, i'll throw out the extra info you can kind of take it or leave it but that's my advice <laughs> Nah, we'll just send
0: everybody your patreon page i mean come there you on. go yeah that's where yeah. people gotta go all right so plug it again so people remember patreon.com
2: slash sam artwork there you go and, and you if you
0: want
2: twitch. a free taste go to go to the twitch page right Cause you're oh yeah, I'd be
1: a subscriber and... to watch the video. Well, no no, but you can just watch
2: it live and you can get yeah, a sort of a preview exactly. on on you know your style and and if if that's uh, what you, yeah. you can you can sort I... of get some perspective if if you want to end up purchasing the the lessons on Patreon.
1: Yeah. And I uh, a lot of us are home right now, so I, I stream Tuesday through Thursday from two to five PM Central. Again, I'm up in Wisconsin, so if you live in the Midwest, you're probably in my time zone. And it's about uh, 8 p.m. in England when I go on. That gives you kind of an idea.
2: Oh, yes. We have to. Now, did you pick that time so that you could sort of overlap with the European time, you think?
1: No, I I just uh, grabbed that time because it was convenient for me. Oh, okay, All right. Well. And it's because it's like it's prime time everywhere. You're broadcasting to the entire world. So, when I go on, I get a lot of people from Scandinavian countries in Europe because it's, you know, 7 to 9 p.m. over there. Right. Um, There's still a decent amount of American crowd tuning in. It's about 50 50. Nice.
0: Cool, man. Hey, look, Sam, we got to thank you for coming on. I mean, it was yeah, really I'm glad to be here, man. It's fun. Yeah, it was great to have uh, somebody, you know, who just can give us like this kind of like painter's perspective on uh on, on how to how to deal with these models because uh you know yeah. we usually just deal with uh you know gameplay so so thanks for coming on we appreciate it we've we've been trying to get you on for a while now but finally know, the mo- the right moment yeah, yeah they keep you know they kept uh you know releasing warbands so we had to talk about that but uh you but now got, we you gotcha.
1: That's good. You have a little uh backup content.
0: Yeah. All right. So, hey, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Everybody go check out, you know, get on his Patreon, check out his Twitch uh, live feeds. And uh, and yeah, thanks a lot, man.
1: All righty, dude. Thank you.